Welcome, my friend. You are listening to Read Clean YA with CJ, the podcast for teens and young adults who want to explore exciting worlds, deep themes, and epic stories without the objectionable content. I'm your host, award-winning young adult author, CJ Malacy, and in this episode, we are going to dive into an author interview with my good friend and fellow young adult author, Catherine Briggs. Award-winning author Catherine Briggs crafted her first monster story at the age of three. Since graduating from crowns to laptop, she continues to devour and weave fantasy tales while enjoying oolong or chai tea. She, her co-adventurer husband and rescue dog, reside outside Houston, where she classically educates amazing students and studies her second language. Katie or Catherine, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much, Carly. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you and I am going to jump back and forth between calling you Catherine and Katie because we are friends. So I know her as Katie, but her author name is Catherine. So I hope that's not confusing to listeners, but I'll give you that little uh, caveat at the beginning here. And today we are going to be talking about Katie's debut novel, The Eternity Gate, which is so incredible. I loved this story. It's an amazing, exciting adventure. I can't wait to talk about it. And before I go on and on, Katie, can you tell us what the story is about? Absolutely. And I'm so honored that you enjoyed The Eternity Gate, by the way, because I have so enjoyed Recruit of Talionis and Fugitive of Talionis. So I'm just beyond, beyond honored. The Eternity Gate is a story where kings and monsters battle over ancient treasure locked behind a very, very old doorway. And Seo, handmaiden to the princess, possesses the gate's stolen key. I love it. It is so much fun. So this book is a rich world. And the characters feel like they become your friends because your characters are so beautifully created. And it's an adventure. Like from page one, you kind of just get thrust into this new world that feels like one you can just never leave because it's so exciting and so well crafted. And then you just get pulled along and one thing after another happens. It's fantastic. It's such a great story. I really encourage listeners to check it out. We're going to talk more about it, but I do have to give the shout out that this book just released yesterday. So it is fresh on the shelves, ready for you to read. It is so good. So can you please tell us a little bit about how the idea for this story came about? Absolutely. I, it's very glamorous. (laughs) I had an idea about a princess and a monster about seven years ago. And that story just morphed. I mean, writers, we know how this goes. It starts off as one thing, and then it morphs into a different story and a different story and a different story. And I remember when the protagonist, Seo, first popped into my mind, I had this specific image of her serving the princess. And I thought, this is so interesting. I can see her so clearly. How does she fit into the story? She absolutely took over the story. Wow. um, And it became what it is today. Wow, that's so neat. I had no idea that Seo wasn't originally the protagonist of the story because she is the heart behind the whole thing. It's amazing. Great. So what books are similar to yours? Just so that readers can kind of get an idea of if they enjoyed this story, they might enjoy your story. Oh my goodness. That's such a good question. I personally, it's a world that I created, I say on my own. Obviously, I think our world, Earth, inspires us so much. It's so beautiful. It's so rich. And I would feel rather prideful if I said, I created this world on my own. (laughs) How about I say, I put this world together 
I on my it. own. Uh-huh. <laughs> and other worlds that are also somewhat creative from scratch, I think people would relate to. I'm thinking of books like Jillian Bronte Adams' book, uh, Fire and Ash, is set okay. in its own world. I have had readers tell me that it reminds them of Dune, which I oh. was extremely honored by that. I recently had a reviewer tell me it reminded her of Brandon Sanderson's Way of Kings. Wow. So I think if you enjoy large stakes and large worlds, you might enjoy this book. Definitely. You will definitely enjoy this book. It's so much fun. So speaking of worlds, then we go even deeper into the characters. So I think one of the things you did so well in this story is breathe life into the characters. There's monsters. There's these things called shadows that are creepy. There's all these different elements throughout the story, which speaks to you creating your own world. And all of these different characters can kind of do different things. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. And I love that you described <laughs> the shadows as creepy. I, I'm pretty tame in what I watch. I don't watch a lot of horror or anything like that. In fact, zero. So I'm, I'm really, I'm amazed that the shadows came out as creepy as they did. And they were so interesting for me working on them. They were hard. I, I, creating monsters is so much fun. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the different characters in your world? So you have the shadows are, who are these creepy beings, and then you have these different people groups that kind of have different powers, I guess. So can you tell us like a little bit about that too? The quote magic system of the book is based around being able to wield different elements. So the main character Seo is from a country where you're supposed to be able to hold light in your hands, but instead she's inherited a different gifting due to her mixed heritage. She has inherited an ability to wield fire and not even in a way that's common or normal. So to her, that's like few, that's like being cursed. Uh, this is something that she's trying very desperately to hide and trying to cover up by being perfect. All the characters in some way or another are gifted in that sort of elemental magic system. Or I, I don't really call it a magic system. I call it a gifting system. Yeah. And then, oh goodness, there are about five different nations. And then there are the shadow monsters, which are creatures are really they're humans kind of if you think Gollum, how yeah. his mistakes reshaped him into something else and something dark and honestly really sad the shadows are similar they've traded a piece of themselves or they've been forced to trade a piece of themselves for this new form that's very very powerful and there's a great cost to that as well mm. wow i love that description and it as I'm listening to you talk about it, I'm seeing the story in my mind's eye and realizing like, oh, wow, that's exactly true. That's such a succinct way to put it. And they are very Gollum-esque in my mind, too, in what they look like in some ways. Their faces, at least. <laughs> I'm not sure if they should look like Gollum. In my mind, they look like Gollum. I refuse to ever. I do have a sketch, but I'm never going to show anybody what they look like because people, readers have already come up to me and said, oh, it looks like this. It looks like this. And I don't want to ruin that. I want people yeah. to be able to form the image in their own mind. And someone on my marketing team forbid me from ever commissioning any character art for these monsters because they're just scary. We wouldn't maybe want to actually see it. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yes. So good. So moving on from the creepy shadows, because <laughs> they are creepy. Do you have like a favorite character in your story? Oh my goodness. I love them all so much. I love Sayo. I love her 
misplaced battle to be perfect. I can relate with that mm-hmm. as an artist. I really love her friend and love interest, the second born Prince Jore, and mm-hmm. how he's trying so hard to find his place in the world. And he's trying really hard to break free from the judgments people have placed on him. I love the fierce Princess Kibero that Sayo serves. And then I really, really, really love Garrus, who shows up a little bit later in the book at about the quarter mark. He has been with this story from the very, very, very beginning. He has a very interesting background that I won't spoil here. He has overcome a lot and is overcoming a lot. And his friendship with Seo, a very unlikely friendship, was one of the most challenging and most rewarding parts of the book to write. Okay, I was waiting for you to say his name because he was like one of my favorite characters through the story as well. He he is special. I feel like he's a really special one. And I love the friendship that gets birthed there because it is so unlikely. And I can imagine how difficult that was to write, but it's so powerful at the same time. Are there any fun elements of your story that some people might pick up on, but others maybe would miss? There are. There's one. Can I tell you a secret? Yes. Okay. Tell us. When I was crafting the world for this book, I was visiting South Korea at the time. And one of my best friends was born in South Korea and we were roommates in our 20s. And she is just so proud of her beautiful country and she should be. It's gorgeous. And I asked her, would you help me think of some interesting little tidbits I could put in the book? Just a little bit, just because your country is so beautiful and you're my friend and I think that would be fun. And she said, yes. I never tell anybody this. So now you all know. But it's been interesting. There's one group of readers who have privately reached out to me over even before the book has launched. Early readers have reached out to say, is there a South Korean flavor to this book? And there's one thing that binds all these readers together is they watch uh, Korean dramas or K-dramas. And I was fascinated that they, wow. were, they were able to pick that up. I was I was excited. Yes, that is so neat. And honestly, I'm going to be real here. I did not pick this up. So um, (laughs) I also don't watch K-dramas, but I'm curious now about what the draw is. That is so fascinating. On your website, you have a little note, and this is actually to writers, but I loved the quote. So I'm bringing it on to here for readers as well, because I think it is part of why we love fantasy and science fiction. And you say, that fantasy and science fiction can mirror reality and help us see life with greater clarity. And as many have said before, we face dragons too, even if they don't wear scales or breathe fire. And it's fun to ask, what if? So I love that because I agree that they can mirror reality and help us see life with greater clarity. And one of the things you've kind of already touched on is some of the deeper themes in your book. And I would love to just talk a little bit more about that. And what your heart is behind kind of weaving these themes into your story. Yes. Well, as we talked about earlier, perfectionism, I think it being an artist is really common to feel Mm -hmm. like we need to make everything perfect to feel that pressure. And Sayo definitely feels that pressure to be perfect, to hide her flaws and to make herself perfect by her service to the princess and their mutual service to the temple. Mm -hmm. And a theme. I didn't even mean for this to show up in the Eternity Gate. It just kind of showed up on its own, which was exciting. But the theme of self-worth and Seo, especially Seo and Garrus and Jory, I think exploring what is self-worth. Is it something that you 
gain or earn for yourself? Is it something that something or someone else bestows upon you? And who can do that? At this point, I, I don't really want to answer that question. And, and I didn't in the book, but yeah. from my own, from my own limited life experiences and from watching others and from reading, I, I know you're the same way with your books. It's so fun to explore these questions that are really hard yeah, and see what the characters do, how they react in a way that is honest to these questions and how can we learn from that? And are they thinking honestly as they mm-hmm. explore these uh, topics? Yeah. And it's so interesting because you do explore that topic, but like in our lives, right? Each person, each character explores it differently. So I'm not going to say their names, right? I know Sayo and then Jairus. Is that how you say it? That sounds great. I call it Garrus, but Garrus Garrus sounds great too. (laughs) Garrus and Jory, right? Say his name right. You know, I do Jor Jorai or Jorai. I think I do Jorai. I need to figure that out myself. (laughs) Okay. Well, so each of them though, they're very different and each of them have their own unique struggles and their own need to discover what that looks like for them. And it's a similar path, but yet different, which I think is so true of us in our lives, right? Like we all have to explore these different things like self-worth or perfectionism, or um, even like how our choices can twist and define us in, in dark ways, like with the shadows, like you mentioned earlier. And these are universal things as humans that we go through, but yet each of our journeys look a little different, even when our paths cross and our paths as they cross can help each other learn those things as we're learning them too. So, you know, I love that each of them is learning kind of the same truth, even though they're so different, you know, because that's how it is. No matter how different we are, we all need to learn what these things look like in our own lives. Exactly. We're all so important. Our actions really do matter. They really do affect those around us for hopefully the better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yet, we can make choices that affect people negatively too. And I think that's one of the cool things about stories is that we can see that play out before us, which goes back to that quote, how science fiction and fantasy can mirror reality because we can watch that play out and then be like, oh yeah, that like that negative choice that person made is definitely having an impact or that guy's selfishness is totally going to mess everything up for everyone else, you know? And we can watch it kind of from a step back a little bit and watch it play out. But then that truth settles in us because it is a truth and truth does something in our hearts and in our minds as we look at it and focus on it. And, and then we can realize like, Oh, my choices and my actions, they are going to impact the other people around me too. Just like this characters did to this other character. It's like living vicariously in hopefully a non weird way. There's somebody else, but I think like, um, like your books, I, your characters are so good and I read them and I think, Oh my gosh, I've met this person. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, you can watch other characters interact with them and think, oh, you know, would I want to do that? Would I not want to do that? Or you have a character named Cade who I I want to be more like that. Mm-hmm. And that's the best. I love characters like that that yeah. inspire me to love others even mm. more greatly. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I love Cade, too. <laughs> He's one of my favorites. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> he can be your Garrus. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. When we think about these themes and stuff, I think there's things that are in in our own lives that kind of are the reasons the themes come out in our stories. And you mentioned that the perfection thing with being an artist and being something you struggle with. Is that 
a theme that you intentionally put in your story or did you kind of discover it as you were writing that Sayo had some of those things that maybe you struggled with in your past or even presently? That's a great question. For me, maybe different for you, but for me, when I try to put a theme in the story, I just, I, it, it, it always falls a little flat. So I don't even try to. And then I uh-huh. see what comes up as the characters are being, well, as I'm helping them be true to themselves. So those themes popped up on their own. And are they rooted in my life? Oh, absolutely. But I also think, I think that we all as humans share so much more in common than we think we do. Like, I I don't, Mm -hmm. I think we're all unique. We're all really important, but these feelings, we share them too. I think, I think everybody, at least at one point in their life struggles with self-worth. And I think of lot of people in different ways struggle with how do I, I mean, what is perfectionism? It's being good enough. And our mm-hmm. standards for that are different case by case. And we need to grow in that as well. So I also think of it as a, just a really common theme too. Yeah. So good. Now we're going to change things up a little bit and talk a little more about you and why did you become an author? What started you on your writing journey? Carly, I have no idea. My parents gave me little notebooks. Well, they weren't that little. Spiral notebooks. Uh And they gave me crayons. And I sat down and I drew little creatures and little worlds. When I was three years old, I still have them. I have no idea where that came from. I think my aunt did uh, wrote a little bit for fun. So maybe it's, you know, it's in my genes. I have no idea. And they were monsters. I really did. My first character that I ever drew maybe besides like a dog or some kind of tiger was, yes, was a monster. It was a blue wow. monster and he had three eyes and he was like a little stick and he was a blue eyed monster because I'm very creative with names and titles. <laughs> I love it. Well, three-year-olds, Hey, that's, that's as creative. My teddy bear was named Teddy. So, you know, this is what we get when we're that little. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that shows no. intelligence. It's Shakespeare. If you look at his titles, they're very uh-huh. literal. And I okay. thought, oh, so maybe we were just being very mature with Teddy right. and the blue-eyed monster. Blue-eyed the monster. Three-eyed blue monster. <laughs> so you were like a baby when you started on this journey. And then did you just fall in love with stories and that love of writing and crafting them? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The writing continued. And I'm trying to think. I think I wrote my first novel with the one-year adventure novel program by Daniel Schwabauer when I was probably 15, my first completed novel. And it wow. wasn't, it probably would be more novella length, but that's, that's great. And I just could never stop. There were times in my life when I took breaks, uh-huh. you know, a couple of years to maybe work on short stories or something else, but I don't know. I just, I find it, it just brings me a lot of joy. I really enjoy I, writing. I love it. And you are an incredible writer, so I hope you never stop. Keep oh, up I hope you never stories. stop either. I, oh. I bestow this compliment upon you as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. See, everyone can see now why you are such an awesome friend to have around. <laughs> Katie is the most encouraging person you will ever meet. She's wonderful. I, I never lie. I really mean that. <laughs> <laughs> she really is wonderful. So when you're not crafting epic stories, what else do you like to do? Mm, I made my first from scratch masala chai tea like a two weeks ago i think that sounds amazing i was i was really inspired i have a friend from india who made some and she told me 
what to do and where to search for recipes. And so I had my spices and I'm grinding them in my mortar and pestle and I'm heating up my milk. It was really, really fun. That's kind of a new thing though. I also um, have some plants Yes, beautiful. that I try to keep alive and I love them. I love my pothos so much and I love reading. I am also a teacher and in the last couple of years have really enjoyed learning more about language acquisition. Uh, personally, trying to learn my or um, work, working faithfully on learning my second language and then also becoming a volunteer ESL English as a second language teacher. And another fun fact about Katie that I'm just throwing in here is that she and I bonded because we both love rap music. We are big fans of rap. So we love we love rap music. One day we just might come up with our own that we will share with all of our our friends. But uh, <laughs> we might even have one in the works and it'll be we amazing. Might. Amazing. I think okay. we need like dance moves to go with it too. Oh, I think probably. this just needs to be of epic proportions. I'm so definitely, excited. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Katie has so many different parts of her personality. And I think that's why your stories are so rich and full because you are such a multifaceted person and it, you bring that life into your stories. And I am not exaggerating when I say this is one of my favorite books that I have read this year. The Eternity Gate is so good, and I highly recommend you go pick it up, especially because it is now available. So, Katie, can you tell us where readers can find you and your books and all of the things? Absolutely, and thank you so much. I'm I'm so honored by that. I'm just I'm just so grateful that you enjoyed it, and I'm just grateful to be here. And oh, I'm just mm -hmm. very thankful. You may order the Eternity Gate pretty much wherever you want. Any major retailer will have it, and on my website, you can sign up for my email <laughs> newsletter. It's www.catherinebriggs.com. I'm also active on Instagram. My handle is Briggs underscore author. And I love meeting new people. It's fun. Yay. So I will have links to all of those things in the show notes. So it's a nice, easy jump for people to go find your book and find you and all those things. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we close things up for today? Thank you so much for having me. And I'm just so excited that there's this community of people who love YA. I love YA too. It's so unique in what it offers, the coming of age story. And and we think that's just tied to one stage of life. But I really think life is a continuing finding mm -hmm. ourselves and hopefully growing and hopefully growing in a way that helps us live really peacefully and to love our neighbors. And I love that this community is excited about clean YA. Honest, right? We don't want to gloss over things, but honest, yeah. but clean YA and seeking what is good, true, and beautiful in the world. I'm just very glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Catherine Briggs, thank you so much for being on Read Clean YA with CJ. It was marvelous to have you. I loved getting to have this conversation. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Catherine Briggs, author of The Eternity Gate. I loved getting to talk with her and share with you about this fantastic story. And I meant it when I said this was one of my favorite books I've read this year. Katie has such a beautiful way of writing, and I know you are going to fall in love with these characters and get swept away in the adventure. The book is available wherever books are sold, and it just released yesterday at the time this episode airs. So be sure to check it out, and I will have links in the show notes below to everything we discussed today. This book 
does have life and death stakes and some scary elements like the shadows we mentioned, but it's not gory. So unless you have a very sensitive reader, I think this book should be safe for any reader of young adult fiction. Catherine Briggs has also graciously agreed to include a copy of The Eternity Gate in this month's giveaway. So don't forget to check out the link below to the September giveaway for Read Clean YA with CJ and find her book along with some other fantastic young adult books. You can find the episode show notes at readcleanya.com or by checking out the link below. Next week, I'll be talking with Sarah Ella, the author of The Wonderland Trials and the new upcoming release, The Looking Glass Illusion, along with many other fantastic young adult books. And I am so excited to share that interview with all of you. So don't forget to tune in. Thank you so much for listening to Read Clean YA with CJ. I am excited to be on this journey with you.